T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. WILK News Radio. All right, we're back. That was Connie Ocianzi, the legendary basketball coach, now uh, assisting uh, Ben O'Brien at the University of Scranton. And it wasn't a coincidence with the two of them together that they had an amazing year. So we're joined now by Rick Bigelow. And he's been our Far East military historian forever. And uh, we, we love having him on. And I tell him, Rick, you come on anytime something of significance happened in World War II, World War I, uh, does not matter. I just want more Rick Bigelow. And uh, here he is, one of the great uh, patent attorneys in the United States and uh, the go-to guy for patents and all of that in Northeast Pennsylvania. Rick, welcome. Glad to be with you, Bob. All right, so tell me, what do we got today? Well, April 1st, uh, 1945, which was Easter Sunday, this was the day that the invasion of Okinawa happened. This was the last great uh, invasion that happened in World War II uh, in the Pacific and actually all over uh, the, the world. This was the, the last really big one. Uh, by this point in time, we, we'd taken the Gilberts, the Marshalls, the Marianas, the Carolines, and Iwo Jima, but we needed a, a big uh, island to uh, pre-stage for the invasion of Japan. And remember, at this point in time, we were still going under, you know, Japan, you can stop this war anytime. All you have to do is surrender unconditionally. And they weren't about to do that. So we needed to, to get a, a big island uh, so we could pre-stage. We looked at a, a couple different options. One was uh, Taiwan, but that was pretty far from Japan. And it was still controlled by the Japanese, so we would have had to fight our way in there. Uh, we thought about uh, the Philippines, but MacArthur was still engaged in heavy fighting in the Philippines at this time. Uh, we thought about China, but... Uh, 
Chiang Kai-shek's forces had disappointed us in that they they had, despite all the money and equipment that we put into China, uh, Chiang's forces still didn't control the the coastal areas that would have been needed uh, for a launching point for Japan. So the decision was made uh, to go into into Okinawa and take that. Uh, let me give you a little uh, background on Okinawa at the time. It's about 300 miles from the southernmost Japanese island uh, of the four main islands of Kyushu. And uh, the, the uh, battle plan was that once we had secured Okinawa, we were going to go to Kyushu first in November of 1945 and then attack uh, Honshu and get into Tokyo in February, March of 1946. So Okinawa was the logical place to go. Uh, the Japanese knew we were coming. Uh, the, the Japanese had been in Okinawa since uh, the 1870s, so it was well fortified. And uh, there were something like uh, 200, uh, 116,000 Japanese troops on Okinawa. And, and just to put it in perspective, this is six times as many troops as uh, there were on Iwo Jima. The Japanese were commanded by Lieutenant General Mitsuru Ushijima, and he had basically learned from the invasions of the Philippines and uh, Iwo Jima, and uh, he had basically put most of his forces in the higher mountainous and hilly areas, uh, particularly in the southern Part what of was, and that's that's a question. What was the topography of Okinawa? Very hilly and mountainous. So right, it, right uh, to the shores, or uh, was well, there were there were some open plains, uh, but it, but uh, where the the Japanese uh, concentrated their forces was up in the hills and the mountains, particularly in the in the southern area. And was that heavily forested? Uh, it wasn't that heavily forested. Uh, it was, you know, it was sort of like Southern California in, in a lot of ways. It okay. was shrubs and 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 so on. Uh, but but uh, Ushijima had learned from uh, what the Japanese did in in Iwo Jima, and uh, he they dug a lot of uh, caves and tunnels, interlocking tunnels, so on and so forth. And in fact, I think. The number is there were something like 60 miles of interlocking tunnels. Uh, so, they, you know, they would pull their artillery pieces out of a tunnel, shoot off a couple rounds, and put it back in. So it was very difficult for a counter-battery or for, uh, you know, the, the uh, large uh, number of aircraft we had to, to actually spot and, and go after them. So it was, it was much like Iwo Jima. But it even, was going to be almost more formidable, Rick Bigelow, because uh, you know that level of troops—one hundred sixteen thousand troops—they had bombers, they had fighters, they had the civilian population, which had been uh, well, we'll use the word subjugated for uh, half more than half a century. So we put again astonishing level of resources into this assault. Yeah, we sh we sure did. Um, you know, you you're right. The Japanese had around 2,000 planes, uh, including kamikazes, uh, on Okinawa, and of course they they were also able to bring some in from China and bring them in from Kyushu, and so on and so forth. 
there were about 300,000 civilians on uh, on Okinawa at the time, and and many of them uh, were supporting the Japanese. And of course, the the Japanese propaganda was you got to help us because when the Americans come, they're just animals and they'll <laughs> they'll kill you and torture you, and you're better off dying in battle than. Uh, you know, surrendering to the Americans. Give us a sense so, of the array of Allied forces, because the British took a large part in this uh, assault as well. Yeah, uh, there were on the order of 210,000 U.S. soldiers, sailors, and Marines who were a part of the uh, the assault group. And, of course, I mean, not all the sailors were going to come ashore, and, and some of the uh, sailor, uh, soldiers and Marines were back on the ships, and then uh, there were also the aviators who were taking off from from the carriers and so on. But uh, so we had the Tenth Army, uh, which was commanded by Lieutenant General Simon Bolivar Buckner Jr. <laughs> and the interesting thing about him, his father was a Civil War general for the South. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and so he had the Third Amphibious Corps, which the, was the first, second and 6th Marine Division, then the 24th Army Corps. The U.S. 5th Fleet was there with, you know, a couple numbers, 39 carriers, 18 battleships, hundreds of cruisers and amphibs and transports. This is, there were more people or more ships at the invasion of Okinawa than we have in the U.S. Navy today. Yeah. Uh, So like I said, 210,000 U.S. soldiers, sailors, and Marines and this was the first time the British had showed up in any numbers uh, in in the Far East. You know, the the naval battles in Europe were essentially over by this time, and the British were in a Me Too mode <laughs> because yeah. they, they wanted to retake their colonies in Malaysia and Hong Kong and uh, and and send Borneo. Uh, so they they wanted to take part in it. So they brought along. Five carriers and two battleships, bunch of cruisers, destroyers, and 250 planes. So it was a massive armada. And, you know, some of the Marines say, you know, I, I got up on the invasion day, looked out. All I could see was ships everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, would, it just went forever. You couldn't see the end of it. So uh, we attacked uh, on, on April 1st, uh, which was Easter Sunday. Um, and we went in kind of in the, in the middle part of Okinawa. And, of course, Okinawa is about, um, it's about 80 miles long, and it's uh, some 10, 10 to 15 miles wide. Uh, it's a fairly large island. It's, it's 455 square miles. So uh, we went in towards the middle. The Marines headed up north, and uh, for once, the Marines had a what I'll call a relatively easy time because uh, most of the Japanese troops were in the south, so the Marines headed up north, and and by the 18th of April, they had uh, basically completed uh, taking over the the northern part of the island. Uh, the southern part of the island was where most of the Japanese forces uh, were concentrated, and the army troops uh, uh, spearheaded the assault down towards uh, the south and into the mountainous areas where all the interlocking tunnels and the old castles were and so on and so forth. And then Rick Bigelow, Uh, in the midst of all of this, history changes. FDR dies April 12th, 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and of course, this was a complete shock uh, to the troops. And uh, it was something that Japanese took great comfort in because they thought, well, there'd be turmoil and a change of the government and so on and so forth. Uh, but it didn't happen. It took a day or two. They, there were uh, memorial services on Okinawa. And then uh, it, we went right back uh, after it. And I, I think they, they didn't understand how how quickly uh, governments can can transfer in the United States. So uh, that was uh, one of the good things about the United States is, you know, the president dies and the vice president takes over immediately and and we continue on. So the the uh, army troops were pushing to the south. Uh, it was very mountainous and hilly down there. Uh, well-designed fortifications, the interlocking tunnels, and the army is starting to suffer uh, heavy casualties. The Japanese had prepared what they called the Shuri Line, which was anchored by uh, the ancient uh, Shuri Castle in the southern part of Okinawa. Uh, there were many... Uh, of the hills that were taken and retaken up to 10 or 12 times with uh, brutal fighting. And there was the Maeda Escarpment, which is also known as Hacksaw Ridge, mm. uh, which is the subject of the Mel Gibson movie, uh, which was also heavily fortified, and it saw heavy uh, fighting uh, back and forth. Uh, eventually, more troops landed. The losses uh, are staggering, Rick Bigelow. 81 days of fighting, we yep. take the island, 8,000 U.S. soldiers and Marines killed, 38,000 right. wounded. Right. Whew. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's only half of it. <laughs> the, yeah. the next part is the naval battle. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, the, the U.S. Navy and the British Navy were attacked by 1,500 kamikazes. Uh, there were seven major raids between April 6th and, and June uh, 22nd of 1945 uh, that basically sunk 12 destroyers, 15 amphibs, and then nine transports. All in all, 386 U.S. ships were damaged, and we lost over 700 aircraft. Um, in those attacks, over 5,000 Navy uh, personnel were killed. In fact, this is one of the the few times where there were more uh, Navy killed than there were uh, Marines or, uh, or Army soldiers. Uh, now let's go the to the Japanese other side, uh, Rick Bigelow. <laughs> the Japanese losses are, ours are staggering. The Japanese losses are off the charts. They are. Uh, and, you know, just talking about the, uh, the kamikazes, lost all those pilots. Uh, they lost a 72,000-ton battleship Yamato that was sunk, and uh, 2,500 Japanese sailors were, were lost at sea. Uh, but the, the total Japanese losses are on the order of 110,000 Japanese soldiers who were killed. Uh, and along with that, there are about 150,000 uh, civilians who were killed or who committed suicide. Remember I said that uh, the Japanese told these people that the Americans were horrible and they were going to kill them and torture them. So either fight with us or commit suicide. Unreal. And 90% of the homes and the buildings were destroyed. Uh, so 
by the end of uh, end of June, uh, we had the place secured, and, it, and uh, actually, we we stayed in control of Okinawa until uh, 1972 when it reverted to uh, to the Japanese. So everybody's getting ready for the invasion of Kyushu, which was scheduled for uh, November of 1945. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of thousand-yard stairs on, oh, uh, man. on Okinawa. If you, if you live through this island hopping, and, and we talked to this uh, directly before he passed to Tony Julian on this, I, I, the brutality that you saw, the death, the, the destruction are mind-numbing, and you're going to be going deeper and deeper into the teeth of the, the enemy. Yeah, and the closer you got to Japan, the the more uh, resistance there was, the yeah. strict, stronger the resistance was. But yeah. uh, basically, the atomic bombs were dropped in uh in August, and the war was over. A wise choice, and it saved a lot of lives on both sides. Rick Bigelow, thank you so much for capsulizing the Okinawa assault and victory. Uh, we look forward to your uh, to your next foray into uh, Asian military history. Happy to do it, Bob. All right. Rick Bigelow, uh, patent attorney, but historian extraordinaire at the same time. Uh, joining us today. We always appreciate it. Always learn a lot. Thank you again, Rick. You're welcome. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back. The Bob Cadaro Show rolls on. <laughs> We're back. Johnny likes this song, Open Arms. Journey had the number two hit. Uh, this date, 1982. And by the way, we're going to finish today. Murph uh, really got us going. Huey Lewis and the News doing the National Anthem at opening day for the San Francisco Giants at uh, Candlestick Park. By the way, something of major note. 1968 this date. You can't play them because they're copyrighted. And nobody would, of course, want them used for commercial or other purposes. But this date, 1968, Martin Luther King delivered what turned out to be his final speech telling a rally of striking sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee, I've been to the mountaintop, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Amazing stuff. And uh, But you can't, all of the speeches of Martin Luther King are copyrighted and protected, so we can't play them. I can say what they are, but tomorrow, uh, the day he was murdered, assassinated, uh, we're going to play a little something uh, then. All right? We'll take a break now. Bob Cadaro with you. W-I-L-K, honoring Fred Stein, Wap Wallopin, Robert Tonkowitz, Mountaintop, Robert Gabrieszki, I'm sorry, Gabrieszki, Gabrieszki, Edwardsville, Myron Tiberski. Wilkesbury. There are veterans we lost last month. We'll be back.
Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smock. Today, sun and clouds. It'll be breezy and warmer, high of about 62. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a spotty shower, low of 47. Tomorrow, Tuesday, partly to mostly cloudy, isolated shower, high of 70. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and breezy with a few afternoon showers, high of 70. All right, so spring maybe starting to spring. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know now. Now, somebody sent me, um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'll try. Their, their, uh, their name is Oak, maybe it's Oak, it's Oak DR Mom. And it's the Times Leader News article on the $55 million in Luzerne County American Rescue Funding. And I went through the list, and I was really surprised that a lot of private business got it. I don't know what the criteria are. I cannot opine whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. But it's just some odd private businesses uh, getting these rescue funds. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the criteria were. But if anybody has any idea, or from Luzerne County Council itself, or the consultant, feel free to let us know, because it's curious. That's all. That's as far as I can take it. Curious. It's been over two years. Uh, Wayne from Einan. How are you, my friend? Very good, Robert. I heard you had a nice weekend. Oh, we had a blast. We had a blast. Yeah, I, I did that a little bit of that this weekend, too. That brought back days of old. Bouncing <laughs> from bar to bar. I did that, and... I haven't did that in probably 20 years. <laughs> it's good to do it once in a while, but then it's good to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I remember on Sunday a little bit about, the, about Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. I know it. <laughs> okay, here's my comments. I mean, my, my little point. Okay, on Saturday, there was a friend, two friends of mine and I were up in Denny's. Okay. And we were up there having a little brunch, okay, and I have a uh, a Democratic uh, follower or whatever you want to call him as a good friend, okay? We are sitting there with two other tables. There are two other tables next to our booth, and these people were carrying on a conversation about the all the investigations that Trump has going on, okay? And so he jumped into the conversation. That's how it got all started. But anyway... Okay, not to take a lot of time up for you, but they, they asked me my opinion on the investigations. I said, okay. I said, first of all, I asked the two gentlemen, they, three gentlemen, they served in the military, and they said no. I said, well, I just want to thank you if you did. But anyway, okay, when I started into the investigation, they, they said, I said, the Russian investigation showed nothing, okay? I said, the Mueller investigation showed nothing. You're already in it three and a half years now. I said, then you went to the impeachment. That showed nothing. Then he went to the next impeachment that showed nothing. I said, now look at all the money that has been wasted, okay, by all these these investigations. I said to him, did any of these investigations do your wallet any good? Did any of these investigations do your bank account any good? Did it do your 401K any good? Did it do, did it do anything, anything for your health care? Yep. I said, because all these congressmen and senators that are sitting there in these investigations 
not working for you at that period of time. They're just doing investigations, and, and we're up to almost $320 million on these investigations already. Never mind the new ones that are coming up. And I said, so what good, what good did it do anybody in yep. the United States as far as taxpayers? Just answer me that question. You know what the one gentleman said to me, Bobby? He said, thank you. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. You, <laughs> you hope people can see what this is, and I'm telling you, it is just an incredibly effective distraction yes, from from how horrible they've done their jobs. Think of this. Alvin Bragg is is getting people killed. He's letting right. violent criminals back out on the street, but that's right. not the subject they're talking about. They're talking about his indictment of Trump and his bravery and courage. Well, he's not doing his job. In fact, he's doing the opposite of his Absolutely. job. And, and But this Trump thing launders it all for certain people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Bobby. You know, but I, couldn't, I just, uh, the one guy, I couldn't believe that when he said thank you. You maybe look at it a different way. Yeah. I said, yeah, every time, well, all these people are in these investigations, they're not working for you, but you're still paying them, okay? And there's millions of dollars in being spent here, millions, okay? That could be put towards tornadoes and everything else. I mean, it's, it's because there's nothing that comes out of them yeah. that, that's of any importance to the American people. You know, you, 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 yeah. I just don't understand it. I really don't understand the logic of all of it. That's all. Well, that's all I got to say, buddy. Uh, and, and Wayne, for those who are convincible, we've got to spend the time and have the discussion. Right, like that one gentleman said, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, he said, you know, I never gave it a, a thought. I said, what have you gained out of it? You know, out of all this anxiety and all this fighting and everything, what has the American taxpayer gained out of? Yep. Stop and think. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing except you paid a lot of money out. Yeah. Always a good yeah. point, Wayne. Thank you, as always. You're welcome, my friend. Hey, and happy weekend again if you do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you take care. That weekend's happily, as great as it was, I'm happy it's over. <laughs> yeah. You know something? I'll agree with you because Sunday morning was just, just a touch rocky. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Wayne. We'll talk to you take soon. Take care, buddy. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, this this should be called these Trump investigations the grand distraction. Now, tell me, I, I, I you've got to think about it. All right, he's indicted for these misdemeanors in New York City. Even if they somehow convict him. What will you have a 78-year-old man do? How much time will you have him do? What will be statutorily available for a misdemeanor? Six months? So, so, like, what's the end result? What's the end game? This is why I tell you. Same thing in Georgia. And the same thing with the Washington, D.C. grand jury and special counsel that Merrick Garland named. There's no big result at the end of this rainbow. But what is it? Well, it's what I told you. It's a grand distraction 
from the horrible job that they're doing, from the horrible policies they are pursuing, and the results that have ensued. And we're talking about Trump and this indictment and shouldn't happen and blah, blah, And they get a pass. They get a pass for being horribly incompetent, disgustingly ideological, and all their lunatic ideas and failures get covered up with 24-7 coverage of the Trump saga. it's, It's actually brilliant. Man, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Yeah, we're back. Bob Cadaro with you. Uh, so I, I keep telling you, the grand deception is going on. The grand deception, the grand deflection. And it is, it's, it's scary. And the media is so into it. They, they truly are. I mentioned uh, watching that um, awful show, The Circus. Well produced, but like they have these faux Republicans on to pretend that there's balance on the show, and it's not even close. It's really sad. It's a sad display. They had this Andrew Weitzman on. Andrew Weitzman. Now, if he was not a left-wing ideologue... He would be disgraced and disbarred for how he's brought prosecutions, for how he's destroyed lives, for the cases that had to be overturned because he broke the law. And he's like their main guy, like he's normal. Again, everything with these lunatics is upside down. And they couch it as though it's normal. So they find people, uh, a guy I used to respect, um, Brinkley, the historian, the Rice historian, who's been become a complete partisan. And you, I mean, that's the kind of people they throw in here to say, oh, well, we've got somebody, you know, that's neutral or Republican. Well, they're not. It's like putting Liz Cheney on the uh, January 6th commission committee it's a joke Laura from Plymouth checking in she says what kind of sick pathetic life do these people live that they obsess and celebrate bad things that happen to Trump well these aren't bad things he'll be fine and and they're getting what they want out of it the distraction of the American people from the disgrace that they are that their leadership and their ideology is. They get that. Thrown in for free. You got to cover something. Might as well be Trump. We are back. More clips. We'll be playing them during the week because we want to remind you about the Mosaic Project for which we raised a good good amount of money Friday night. Just to to let you be aware of the, the public art they do, and how important that is to the region. Because we do want them to continue to expand their efforts. 
and make this a better place to live, a more beautiful place to live. Well, we're going to finish with Huey Lewis in the news. They performed the national anthem at opening day for the San Francisco Giants at Old Candlestick Park on April 4th of 1984. But Murph chose it for today. And that's how we'll finish things up. But we want to conclude our tribute to veterans we lost last month. Today's tribute. Myron Tiberski, Wilkesbury, Staff Sergeant, National Guard, 109th Field Artillery Regiment. He became and trained himself as a scuba diver as well, and he volunteered for the search and rescue for the Luzerne County Sheriff. Sympathies to his wife, Joanne. Robert Gabrieszewski, Edwardsville, U.S. Air Force. Wife, Sheila, career at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Robert Tomkowitz, Mountaintop, Plymouth High School graduate, got his doctorate in psychology and worked at the VA helping veterans, rose to the rank of colonel in the U.S. Army, had five children and uh, survived by his wife, Carol. Fred Stein Wapwallopin, U.S. Army Reserve, got involved in the American Legion in Mountaintop, had a career at RCA in Mountaintop. Leaves behind his wife, Christine, and had a moniker as a hunter and as a marksman, one-shot Fred. Great stuff. Well, we thank you. We thank the families. And, man. So, I again, I got to touch on this groove I was calling it the Grove, this groove, this uh, place that uh, our friend Bonacci owns uh, on Sanderson Avenue in Scranton. A hell of a brew pub. I mean, just cool. Just really cool. You're in an old gas station slash garage. Everything about it's great. Well, I will step aside for Huey Lewis. God willing, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Nikki Stone next. Rob O'Donnell after her. Go YLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.